In every generation, there are the chosen ones, the fanboys, the observers, the keepers of useless trivia. They alone must stand against the forces of television drama tropes. They are continuous play. Oh, come on. Stake through the heart, a little sunlight. It's like falling off a log. Welcome to Continuous Plays, The Art of Slaying, a Buffy the Vampire Slayer retrospective featuring Brian Thomas. Don't make fun. I worked long and hard to get this promise. And Jay Newcastle. Just because this is never going to work, there's no need to be negative. Buffy the Vampire Slayer is the copyright of Fox Television Studios and any discussion of the characters, episodes, or music is strictly for entertainment purposes only. Welcome to the Art of Slaying, a Buffy the Vampire Slayer retrospective. I'm Jay. And I'm Brian. And we're here to talk about Season 3, Episodes 21 and 22, Graduation Day, written by Joss Whedon. The gang prepares for graduation, which Willow views with gleeful reminiscence and excitement, Xander fears, and Buffy sees as mm, virtually pointless. Meanwhile, Mayor Wilkins is preparing for the Ascension and his graduation keynote speech, we learn, and he dispatches Faith to kill a local geology professor who we later find out may have discovered the body of a very old, very large demon. Wait a minute, Sunnydale's got a college too? Anyway, we'll get back to that. Xander learns that Anya has actually seen an ascension, and she relays some interesting information to the group, most notably that pure demons are much stronger and much larger than the demon hybrids they face on a daily basis. Buffy begs her mother to leave town for safety, while Willow finds comfort in Oz, and the two consummate their relationship. Buffy goes to investigate the dead professor some more, and Angel pops in, but Faith shoots him with a poison arrow, which slowly begins to kill him. Wesley tells Buffy the Watcher's Council refuses to help Angel because he is a vampire. Buffy promptly quits the Council, dismissing Wesley's authority once and for all. Willow's research reveals that the poison does have a cure, the blood of a slayer. Buffy goes to get that slayer in the form of Faith, and the two duke it out in Faith's apartment. On the rooftop, Buffy stabs Faith with the knife that the mayor gave her that she lost back in Choices, and Faith jumps from the rooftop onto a truck below where she lands unconscious, and thus ends part one. Buffy leaves Faith's apartment after the battle, and the mayor appears inside the broken window overlooking the roof and orders his minions to find Buffy and Faith. Buffy tells Angel that the only cure is the blood of a slayer, and that, and that since he can't use Faith, he'll have to drink from her. Angel refuses, but Buffy persuades him with a few well-timed punches. Angel drinks from her and ends up taking too much, and Buffy passes out just as Angel is able to stop himself from killing her. He rushes her to the hospital where she is saved, and in a nearby room, another doctor is informing the mayor that Faith is in a coma. The mayor overhears nurses talking about Buffy and attempts to suffocate her before he is stopped by Angel and leaves. In a dream, Buffy and Faith exchange cryptic comments, and Faith assures Buffy that she'll heal. She also tells Buffy that human weakness never fades, even his. Buffy awakens and reunites with the gang in the hospital, ready to go to war. She explains to the gang that Faith had told her about the human weakness, and Angel remembers that the mayor was seriously grieving over Faith. The mayor and Buffy detail their respective plans to their allies, and Buffy's friends recruit other students to join the fight. Wesley 
even joins in the plan in a non-official capacity, of course. The graduation ceremony begins and Principal Snyder welcomes the students before the mayor takes the podium. During his speech, he suddenly convulses, and as the eclipse begins, the mayor transforms into a giant snake-like demon. Everyone but the student scrambles to flee, and when Buffy gives the word, the entire student body removes their robes to reveal weapons and readiness to fight. Xander and Angel lead the students into battle against the mayor's vampires, and in the chaos, the mayor devours Principal Snyder. Buffy catches the mayor's attention with the Faith's knife, distracting him. The mayor chases Buffy through the school to the library, where all the books have been removed and the room is filled with explosive. Buffy dives out the window and Giles hits the detonator, blowing up the school and killing the mayor slash demon. As authorities clean up the mess, Giles presents Buffy with her diploma, which he has rescued from the debris. He leaves and Buffy then sees Angel in the distance. The two share a final, long look at each other before Angel turns and walks off into the darkness. The remaining gang takes a moment to realize what they've accomplished. They've graduated and survived high school. The scene fades on a charred yearbook for Sunnydale class of 1999. And that is the end of Season 3 of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. School's out forever. Now, you're right about that. Uh, Alice Cooper was dead on with that one. They they ended the school um, <laughs> in a big way. I'll say this. You know, it's it's not the most complicated of season endings. You know, it's it's actually pretty simple and straightforward for the most part. But it's it's very satisfying. There's a real sense of closure with the way this these two episodes work. And I've always felt like a real closing of the books and moving on to something different at the end of this season with Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Have you felt that way watching this? Absolutely. I think it's a great way to do it. You mean, I mean, in the last episode, we finally gotten the realization that the student body knows something's going on. In this episode, it brings the whole student body together to fight this mayor, the demons, the vampires. They, they, they risk their lives to save themselves and really the town, right? And then at the end, the school's gone. I mean, they, they blow it up. You hit on something, right? And isn't that what they, they're really trying? Anybody that's trying to teach you anything in high school is trying to teach you is that you can't rely on others to do it for you, motor, particularly the adults. You have to save yourself and make mm-hmm. your own way. And the catalyst for that, of course, is Buffy, who's been doing that for many years now. But she gets, you know, she turns that gratitude from the prom into, okay, since you know what's going on, why don't you take up arms and do something about it? And let's all have a we're not going to take it moment here. Mm-hmm. And if we're going to go down, let's go down swing it. I do like the fact that it's not just Buffy. It's not just Buffy and the gang. It's every kid Everyone, in yeah. Sunnydale, the senior class, has a part in ending the, the, the torture, the hell that is their high school. I agree. Well, this is a two-part episode. It was aired back-to-back with two straight hours of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which they've been doing uh, over the, the course of the Buffy series now. And what I really liked is that they kind of dealt with it in two halves here. You had the the Faith-Buffy battle going on, which also involved Angel on the first half of it. And then you got to the whole mayor uh, synopsis in the second half of it. So it really tied all of those pieces that we've been dealing with throughout this season together and, and dealt with them solely on an episode basis, but also together. And I like that whole piece of it. 
Well, the two the two bads both have to go down at the end of the show. They've set that up is that that people have got to go down in season two. It was Drusilla and Spike and Angelus have got to go down, you know. And in uh, season three here, it's Faith and the Mayor have got to go down, you know. And I think it's that whole idea that, but you know, Buffy. It, isn't want, doesn't want to give up on Faith, right? You know, she doesn't want to kill her. But for the sake of saving Angel and for getting her out of the way when it comes to the Ascension and stuff, she's willing to go there. And I think that's a dark place that Buffy visits here with that whole bit. And I I don't know that she intended to kill Faith or let Angel kill Faith even maybe, but she sure as heck was going to use her. And and was tired of Faith being on the wrong side. It's time to take out Darth Vader, you know, and, and yeah. let me get to the big bad. And I, I do like that. And, you know, we've seen Buffy really this season do a lot more of this, Brian, where she takes up arms and goes on her own and does stuff. You know, she's making decisions for herself. Though this episode, she finally says, I am done taking orders from the council. That's it. I'm moving on. Yep. And that's a big moment. There's so much cool stuff that happens in this episode, man. I mean, these two episodes, it's just so chock full of stuff. Yeah. And I really like that whole scene too, because it, it marks a, a very good line here. She's graduating and she even says that in there. Yep. And she says, uh, I look at it not as uh, quitting, but more as graduating, graduating away from the council. She's her own woman now. She's survived high school. Most slayers don't get to do that. She's yeah. done it. And now she's she's her own woman. She's still the slayer, and she'll do things her way because she's got it right. Even on top of that, she survived living on a hell mouth. Yeah, you know, and she's she's done this. She's been up against the, you know, the the worst thing. Well, okay, let's let's just relate it here, Brian. Compared to what she had to do last year, you know, mm-hmm. this doesn't have necessarily the emotional toll and resonance that that did. You know, I don't have to right. go kill my lover. I've just got to go take out. A big bad demon. Well, well, we can figure that out, you know. And I kind of feel like that's how this one works out. It's that this isn't going to be emotionally toilsome on Buffy. Maybe the the way that killing the master was, and the way killing Angel was. This is going to be more about. I have learned a lot, and it's time to put it to use. And that means everybody, all hands on deck, even you, Xander, you shimpish loser. You're going to organize the fight, and you're going to do this. I mean, Buffy's the general. And yeah. I, that's a different role for her in this season ender. And I like it. It's cool. It is cool. And I like that, uh, you know, she really took charge. You know, obviously she hasn't really felt that Wesley controlled her the way that Giles kind of was to, for her as, as a watcher goes. And so she's really, because of uh, the firing of Giles and Wesley's, inadequate leadership she's really taken on that <laughs> yeah. leadership role herself and I, and I like it and it really comes into to play in this one where she comes up with the whole plan the idea and how to do it and how to execute it and then without using wesley's help she really gets her friends involved and gets them to help out and it's really kind of nice to have that again can i think what one of the coolest things is is they they pull out this plan and everybody's putting the plan together but at no time are we let in on what the plan is until it unfolds too many yeah. times they spell all this out for you, and then they just show it, and it's kind of like, oh. But it, you know, if you're watching the show the first time through, and I remember this going, well, what are they doing? Why is why is Willow talking to Percy? And what is who's key guy? Yeah, what, is that yeah. guy what is this all about? You know, and I'm I'm sitting there engaged in it, and I realize, aha, they are not going to tell; they are going to show me. 
They are going yep. to let me know Buffy's got this under control. Watch her organize it, and then boom, when it goes off, it's 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 going to be something. And it was spectacular, you know. And the same mm-hmm. thing's going on for the mayor too. I mean, Anya lets us in a little bit on an ascension and all that, and they do unfold that one book that's like seven pages or whatever of whatever the demon's supposed to be. Uh-huh. And uh, but we don't know what that's really going to look like until. He convulses and the CGI happens. Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, and I like that. That on both sides we see the planners going at each other. You know, Rommel and Patton in the desert about to go, and we don't know what it's going to look like until it actually happens. That tease really keeps you engaged throughout both episodes. I agree. I liked. I like seeing both. I like seeing Buffy and her team formulating their plan. I like seeing the mayor and his team formulating his plan. And what I really like too is when the mayor actually comes in uh, to the the team's meeting and basically tells them, you know, yeah, you're gonna lose. I'm gonna I'm gonna eat you all. You know? No, what what a great moment too. I mean, that you know, it's only the second time he's ever been in front of them, uh-huh. and when he knows they can't harm him, they can't do nothing. So why not go right up in there and just start talking trash? Yeah. And I thought, what a what a different move for him. And I want to tell you, let's not lose fact. We talked about how much he cares about faith and stuff like that. When she goes down, he loses his mind. Absolutely. I mean, he really makes some bad choices. You know, in the middle of all of that. And and I think that's one of them is that I'm going to go there and just let them know that I'm coming and there's nothing they can do about it. And all that does is confirm everything that they're learning and finding out. He underestimates them completely. Absolutely. He lets his emotions get him for the first time this whole season. You know, when, when Faith is, uh, yeah. is hurt and when he sees her hurt and what has been done and basically is told that there's a very slim chance that she's going to ever wake up, he lets his emotions, his raw emotions get the best of him. And I think that was the crack in his armor. And I think Faith points that out too in this episode in the, in the dream sequence that Buffy has, that that's the crack in his armor. And he really lets it show. Yeah, human weakness never goes away, even his. Mm-hmm. You know, and I and I think that's something neat to know. You know that, that and think about how that. Just echo that back for a minute, Brian, of how that works for everybody. The master's weakness was that he was really smart, really old, and really cocky. So mm-hmm. ultimately, what did he do? He just kept talking, and Buffy killed him. You know, she slayed him. Right. Yeah. What was Angel's weakness? He has to toy with you. He has to mess with your head before he takes you out. And it gives Buffy the one opening she needs to get in there and slay him at the end. And it's the same with the mayor. He cares too much about Faith. He's let himself get into this moment where he genuinely cares about this this slayer, this daughter, surrogate daughter of his. And she's gone down and he can't take it mm-hmm. and it bugs him and he he and the fact that she went down to buffy you know no way you know and that just oh it gets him and that's why the whole knife bit and all that is such a cool distraction you know it's like i cut her like butter i mean buffy's just so cruel with that and that you can tell it just pisses him off and that's why they run through the school and you know it's oh, it was such a great moment but i told one of the best performances Harry Groner's given as the mayor is in these two episodes yeah. because he gets to do all the cool mayor stuff, but he gets to show that raw pissed off emotion, which is different for him. And it comes so out of left field, that whole bit with angel in the hospital. It's like, I'm going to be dealing
healing up some pain for you and your whore. I'm like, damn, oh, yeah, where yeah. did that come from? Oh, it was awesome. It was so good. He used language that he hadn't had been against up until that point. It was, it was great. Just a fascinatingly good episode for the mayor. Loved his character, and it was just a fun way to kind of bring it all together, right? Bring it all oh, in, man, and, yes. and, and and close it up for him. Just a, he's been one of the most fascinating characters this season for sure. Oh, by far. And what about Faith, man? Mm-hmm. I mean, she starts off the episode doing a hit job on Lester, the professor, which, again, we had a college in Sunnydale this whole time, Brian? Wow. Who, yeah. who knew? Yeah. You know, Cordelia lied. There's a little bit more to this town than she well, said. Well, yeah, exactly. And, I mean, jeez, this town keeps getting bigger and bigger. I keep thinking, well, what is this? Is this, is this, you know, Oh, I, I knew exactly what they were doing. Because they had already said something about UC Sunnydale in the last couple episodes. Yeah. And I was like, well, they're obviously all going to college right down the street. Conveniently, that was there this whole time. Exactly. <laughs> but, but, it's, but it's on the other side of town because it's far enough away where Buffy doesn't want to have to live at home, right? <laughs> she, she makes this that. is true, right? We, 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 yeah, like I said, we'll get to that when we get to that. But she assassinates, you know, Faith assassinates the professor. And then she also shoots Angel with the poison dart. And I love the whole bit with that vampire is like, you missed the heart. And she's like, meant right. to. And I was like, well, what's going on? And then, then you find out it's poison and all that stuff. I mean, she is, again, she's the sadistic hitman. Yep. She's the, the Frank Nitty of the mayor's mafia, as it is. And. When her and Buffy go toe-to-toe in that apartment, dude, I mean, th- those two have had some cool fights before, but that was one of the neatest fights. I mean, it was so ECW, Brian. I mean, it was everything. They were throwing everything at each other, and it was so cool. I love that whole choreographed fight. And then she gets stabbed in the gut, man. Remember at the end of Enemies when her and Buffy are holding the the you know knives at each other's throat, and she's like, "You're not ready to kill me yet, B." Yep. You know, and then now B's ready to kill her. And I was like, "And wow. that's the best part of it too, is because Faith doesn't think Buffy has it in her to even try to do it. And that's why I think that's why I think her yeah. ba- biggest weakness was in that fight is that she didn't believe Buffy could go through with it, so she let her guard up. And Buffy took advantage. Yeah. Oh, big time. And yeah, and Buffy swings that around and jams that knife in her. Then, of course, Faith jumps off that roof, yep. you know, and lands on the truck. It just happened to be going by, you know, how convenient. But but at any rate, I mean, th- that leaves you hanging going, well, dead gum. Now what's she going right. to do to save Angel? You know, because there went the answer rolling out of town. And, uh, and I love how they put Faith in the hospital at mm-hmm. the end. She's in a coma, and you know you see the mayor too, kind of at the beginning of that in the uh, uh, apartment, and then later at the hospital. We've talked about him watching over her and how just helpless Faith looked laying there. And I, I want to ask you though, did you have any doubt that they wouldn't be waking her up at some point in the future? Well, absolutely not. You, know, you knew that if they were going to go uh, far enough to put her into a coma, that she was coming back at some point, right? They weren't just going to have her be in a yeah. coma, and that was the end of her. So you know, it, she didn't die. Yeah, and Joss Whedon has even said as much. He said, there's no way I was letting go of Eliza Dushku that easy. Right. You know, because he knew how good she was and what that character had been on the show. And I think they had also just figured out how to write Faith. Right. You know, how to write the dialogue for her, the latter part of the season. And so they weren't done with her yet. But it was a good way to get her out of the mix because we had to deal with her in some way. And again, it sets up everything to go forward because... You know, we talked about the self-sacrifices that everybody was making in the prom, Brian. Well, Buffy's willing to sacrifice Faith for Angel's sake, right? Well, when that won't do, she doesn't hesitate to offer herself up to him. And 
I don't know how you read that scene between them, but I, I got to tell you, there's a lot of sensuality and sexual metaphor going on with that whole bit, I think, because they, they play it that way in some ways. It's not the moment of happiness, but it's the, I'm going to give you the thing that will give you life. You know, and I I don't know. It's it's a it's a weird scene when when he's drinking Buffy. Yeah, it, it is. It, it's it's an odd scene, I would say, when when it's going on. And yeah, I I watched the extras on there, and he does say, you know, he wanted it to be pretty erotic of a scene uh, to go there that way. And you could see, you know, it almost looks like you know it's a rush for even Buffy as as it's happening, right? And, yeah, it's kind of weird, isn't it? That's what I'm saying. It's she's look like she's. I, I enjoying yeah. it, which is yeah. odd. I agree. Yeah. Well, you, her life force is draining from her, but it's, you know, uh, but of course, you know, she wakes up and like Buffy always does when she wakes up is she's more resolved yep. than ever, you know, to go and finish the deed. And it's, it's so cool. Again, the, the, the three, you know, if, if you want to take Angel and Buffy and Faith and kind of put them as, as three of the big characters and put them right in there too, put those four together. Just what they do in these episodes is yeah. enough. To make it yep, great. I agree. But everybody else gets cool stuff too, man. Willow and Oz get it on in the van. We got ginger love magic <laughs> happening, man. We do. Uh, you know, it's nice. You know, they've been holding out, holding out. And Oz has always been the reluctant one. You know, I don't want to kiss you until I know it's the right time and I want to do it for me, blah, blah, blah. They haven't uh, consummated this relationship before. And it takes Willow a little bit off guard right when when he starts going at it with her she says what are you doing he goes uh what what did he say um panicking i'm panicking you know and and that's what leads to it but it's and that's because earlier she's having a freak out and he's just being cool eyes you know because that's all he knows how to be right and then he decides well i've always read that like this brian that well if we're all gonna die we might as well at least enjoy it one last time one last flame you know Or, or you could look at it as this is the only thing that's going to calm her down, and it's the only thing also that's going to calm me down. I don't think he's lying to her when he tells her he's panicking. He just doesn't show it the way normal people do. I think it's more the the uh, the, the the fact that this c- could be the last night they have together, and would you want it to end without them ever sharing that special moment? Exactly, and that's what where yeah. I think it's coming from. So it's it's really good. I, I enjoyed the whole thing going down, and of course, you know, I like Willow's reaction afterwards, sitting there basically saying, you know, j- just gibber jabbering afterwards, and Oz is saying next to nothing. That's totally what she would do, though. Yeah, I mean, that's oh, yeah. exactly what she would do, and that's why it works as as character arc and stuff. And you know, other than that, man, I mean, they're not given a whole lot to do other than they're going to be a part of the fight. We know that mm-hmm. at the end, right? So that's going to happen. Xander and Anya. Okay, I I I love the whole scene in the classroom. You're not done yet, and then they're playing hang. Yeah, yeah. Brian, I had flashbacks to my senior year. That happened oh, to me in two classes. That's hilarious. We had to do some dumb activity and i was and when i saw this i was and every time i see it i go oh god remember that and how pointless it was and i thought i wish i'd had some cute girl like Anya to talk to in the class that would have actually made the time pass by much better (laughs) but we've talked about how how little Anya can relate to men (laughs) you know aren't you sure you want to watch sports i'm sure men like sports that whole bit with with xander it's it's so funny but then they turn it you know because he says ascension and she looks at him and he's like what and then he marches her in that library, and he's like, well, how about somebody who's actually seen one? 
Yep. And then she lays it out. That was such a cool thing to give Anya to do. I agree. It was a nice way to bring her in because you know, she's already let us know that she's been around for more than a millennium, right? So the last Ascension attempt, what did they say, was uh, like a couple hundred years before uh, was the last attempted yes. Ascension. So mm-hmm. you've got to think that maybe someone is around that has seen one. And it's really cool that you know they brought her back here to kind of play this dorky 12th grade girl who's trying to figure out what to to do as a girl now and give Xander a little something to play on. But now she's got a big, important role. And this really is her opening to become one of the gang. If, if that's the way they want to go is she's now been involved in a couple of things that have happened with this gang and helping solve different things because she has that knowledge. So she's going to become an important piece to that team as far as knowing the demon realm and how it works. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, and that's again, it gives her something to do, you know. And how about our boy Xander? He gets to lead part of the charge. Yeah. And at the end, he basically is in charge of the Flaming Arrow Brigade that's going to take out the mayor's vampires who are coming from the back while he's up at the front during the graduation. Oh, that was really cool. I mean, we've talked about how as much Xander is Buffy's right hand man, mm-hmm. right? Well, they've even gone as far this season, Brian, as to not let him be in the fight because what? He'll get himself hurt. The Zeppo, right? Right. Now mm-hmm. the Zeppo is a key piece. He's key guy. Yeah, he's the he's the general, right? He's Buffy's general in this fight, and uh, I like the I liked his scene too, where he's basically being told he's going to be the key guy, and that he's going to have to work with Angel, and he's like, I still get to be the key guy, right? She's like, Yeah, yeah. He goes, So Angel's going to work with me, right? And Angel's response is, Oh, goody. <laughs> and I, I just like the dialogue between them two. You two are just like kids. <laughs> And, and Buffy's like, well, you two are like a couple of old yes. ladies, you know? And, and I thought that was so good, too. And it's like, as long as Angel can deal with me and then me and his not key guy status, you know? And that and that's so Xander. But in the same light, he also shows us that he's not lost on all this experience either. He's learned something. He can be really useful in a fight. This is him. And that's when I think I knew Xander's not leaving the show. You know, because if he's going to have this much of a role in the end, Xander ain't going nowhere, and he'll he'll be Buffy's right hand, normal guy forever. Mm-hmm. You know, at this point, that's I think they kind of stamp that on him at this point, and it's so cool to watch him, you know, in the battle and make it work. You know, and, and the way the whole battle goes down and stuff. And um, hey, what about your boy Principal Snyder? Oh man, Snyder is fantastic. You know, cocky to the end, wants order, wants wants everything to go his way. Yeah, but my favorite is when when uh, the mayor is has ascended and he's this big snake. And what is Snyder doing? He's not running for his life. He's berating the snake for ruining a perfectly good graduation. <laughs> You're out of order. It's yeah, great. to the it's end. Great. I also like to, to the end. He's there, and of course he gets chomped. <laughs> yeah, he gets chomped up by the, the snake, and that's the end of Principal Snyder. You know, which is kind of a shame. It would have been fun to see him, uh, what he would do later on. But what I really like too is the scene with him and the mayor before all this goes down, and the mayor is basically saying, you know, look, Snyder, I know you've had a tough job to do, and you've done a great job doing it. This this town owes you a debt of gratitude. Little did he know that his debt of gratitude would have been to get eaten but you know it was kind of a nice scene Snyder's taken aback by that 
Yeah, I mean, there's, well, there's nothing left for him to do, you know, in the show arc. So what better way for him to go out than to go out berating the snake? That's what Snyder would do, man. I mean, he's been such a jerk on the show for so long, but such a delightful part of all of it. And I was kind of sad to see him yeah. go, too, but I understood why he had to go. I mean, it was it, and it was neat the way he went down. Yeah, I mean, and I love the way he went down too. I mean, he's done, you know, and that and that's it. And it's uh, it was fantastic. I mean, it was it was so cool to watch him go down and be done. Yeah, absolutely. You know, how how do, how do you like the whole bit where Buffy basically tells Wesley to take a hike and she's done with him, and then he he wants to have a part of it at the end. He still comes back and says, "Okay, I'll I'll join in." You know, even though this is not official council business anymore, and I'm pretty much screwed now because I've lost two Slayers, so they're not going to let me stay. Why not? Why not go down with with the crew swinging? I mean, I I thought that was well. We talked about Buffy's reaction to it, but how about the way Wesley reacts to all that? I thought it was pretty neat because he could have just left, and but they they bring him in at the end, and I thought that. Well, was I, I liked it too. I mean, he he's realizing things here. You know, he can't get control of Buffy. He he's tried and tried. He tries to tell her that she has to listen to the council, but she's not listening. And she she basically tells him, you know, get on the bandwagon or go home. And you know that puts a little realization to him. And I think you're right. He realizes that he's lost two slayers. There's no chance he's going to be welcome back. You know, he couldn't get, get control of anyone. Uh, even Giles was not listening to him, even though Giles didn't have to. You would think as part of a etiquette, he would have at least backed him up, but he, he, even he didn't. So now he's just like, okay, I've seen how this works. It works well, these, this group together. I want in on this or, do I go home? And I like the whole scene with, uh, with Cordy. He's, he's just begging oh, yeah. her to tell him to stay for, for them. And then when they finally, you know, succumb and, and they're kissing, they, it's just an awkward, oh, worst kiss, awkward, ever. awkward oh. kiss. And they both look at each other like, Oh my God, what the hell is that? And then they try again and it still doesn't work. And that's just, that's the end of that. No more Cordy and Wesley. Yeah. Uh, but you know, and that's his ticket to go home. But instead he stays and I think that's cool. You know, and I think you're right, Jay. I think it is the realization that he has nothing to go back to now. So why not try to help out where he can and try to be useful? And unfortunately for him, he gets knocked on his ass within a couple seconds, but you know. <laughs> well, and and to hear it told, Joss Whedon asked him, okay, do you want to be a man in the fight or what? And Alexis Denisov is the one that said, I want to run in there and get knocked out in like three seconds and lay there whimpering like a loser the whole time because I think that'll be funny. Mm -hmm. And he was oh, dead yeah. on right because that opened the door for Cordelia to get to do something cool. We'll talk about it in a second. But I did like the fact that Wesley ran into the fray behind Angel and he gets absolutely clobbered. And that is it. You know, there was, there's nothing and left. And even the him. end, even the end but, too, where, where they're putting him into the uh, ambulance. Oh, He's just yeah. like, can you do anything? Can you, can you just knock me out? Just knock me out, please. You know, I, I don't, Any, anything for the pain. Yep. Yes. Oh, it's so, yeah. This, it's so, and that's how Wesley Absolutely. would go out. It's so much funny. And I'll tell you, I never thought we'd see I, him. I agree. Again. I'm so glad that, I'm so glad that wasn't the end, but I never thought we'd see him again. Yeah, I agree. I thought that was uh, the last we'd see of Wesley. And, uh, you know, unfortunately for us, it isn't. He'll be returning, not with Buffy, but on the angel side of things, which I think is really cool. Indeed, and Cordy doesn't get much to do in this episode except the weird makeout scene with Wesley. But she does get to do something at the end, yes. Brian. She gets to stake a vampire. Yes, and it's cool. And that told again is is because Alexis Denisov took the dive essentially in the fight. That was an open spot. She said, "I want to stake a vamp. I haven't staked a vamp in three years. Let me stake a vamp." And so they let her stake a vamp. 
And she did it in a complete Slayer-like fashion, too, which is kind of cool. And if you remember anything about uh, Charisma Carpenter, she actually initially tried out for the role of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. So there you get a good look at what she would have been like slaying vampires throughout this series. So it was kind of cool. But I also like – she drops a line in here that's really funny. She She's in the, the group with everyone, and she basically says, that's such a Buffy thing to do. She's always thinking of herself. And that's just an ironic line for her to drop on everyone. <laughs> yeah. Well, again, Cordelia is always that self-centered little Cordelia. I mean, that's that's our Cordelia. And I was wondering where she was going to go. Yeah. You know, I, they knew at the time that she was going to leave with David Boreanaz and go over to Angel. But I, nobody else really knew that. They right. weren't telling that. Because all every, anybody knew was that Angel's getting his own show, and it's just going to be him. They weren't saying anybody was going with him. So I didn't know what – I thought, is this that's the end of Cordy. And, and I'll tell you, if that had been the last I'd seen of Cordelia – I'd have been okay with it in some ways. I thought, eh, you know, we've kind of we've kind of been around a lot of places to get back to where we started mm-hmm. with Cordelia, but to see her stake a vamp in the end, that eh, was pretty. Sick. Yeah, I think it would have been a satisfying end uh, with the Cordy character uh, to go down that way, and and you know, everyone else is going off to college, and and we don't know what she's going to do. She's alluded that she doesn't even know what she's going to do, but she's probably not going to the college bit because she has no money now but um it would have been a satisfying end to have her do that you know she's actually come full circle and been made now big part of the group and done some of the dirty work so well how about giles man i mean all he really gets to do in this episode is hit that detonator plunger which i think he has the great line it's like well i suppose it should be me that, that does it or i suppose it should be eyes that you know sticks it up essentially it's kind of poetic that he would blow the library sure, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, because what what but you know that's symbolic for him because what has he got left to do he's been fired by the council buffy's graduating from high school there's no reason for him to stay there yep. Where's Giles going to go? He doesn't know, but he knows this. He's taking his books with him, and he's hitting the button when the time comes. And I thought that was cool because it's somebody besides Buffy that gets the final kill. We haven't seen that yet, and that's cool. I agree, and I like the line, too. I think it's Xander who says, you know, it's amazing all these years now, and nobody's ever asked to check out these books. <laughs> and I thought yeah, that was kind of exactly. interesting too. But you know, it's kind of cool. He does mention, you know, it, it's it's kind of poetic justice for him to blow it up. It's also poetic justice to have the school blow up, as we know. Buffy, only reason she's in Sunnydale is because she blew up the gymnasium at her old school. So now she's blowing up the whole school. So it's poetic justice for both of them, I think. Yeah, it's it's that nice little turn, and I did I liked it. I I you know I liked the fact that. Giles got is the one that got to blow it up, and I did like the little bit he gets at the end with Buffy, where he gives her the diploma, and he's being proud, Dad, one last time. You know, very Absolutely. proud of you. You've earned it. And he starts talking, and she goes, "Fire bad, true, <laughs> you know." <laughs> and he's like, "You're right. I gotta walk away." And so he goes to tend to Wesley, and, and that's it. And I didn't know if we would see Giles yeah. again. I figured we probably would, but I thought, what's gonna be his role now? You know, what's does Buffy still need him? Yeah, oh yeah. You know, and, and I think they're gonna struggle with that for the next couple of seasons. Does Buffy truly need Giles to be there? And I think that's a question that they probably lingered on for a while. You know, Anthony Stewart Head's played a great character, but they kinda took all his power away from him. What what can they do with him now at this point? So you're left wondering that as well. You know, this was a really good ending. You know, high school's over. Who moves on? We know that Buffy and Willow are going to be together, right? Because they've already decided to go to the same college together. Oz, you get a good sense that he'll be around because he's with Willow still, right? They, they've obviously taken the next step in that relationship. So it's a good chance that he's going to be around. 
Angel's moving. She, he's gone. We have no clue where Cordy's going to go. Giles is up in the air. Xander's up in the air. We don't know what's going on there other than, you know, it looks like him and Anya are going to start something going on here. But other than that, that could be somewhere else. We don't know. So it really leaves a lot of questions. You only know the fate of really three characters in this the whole series why the time this ends any other number of them could have gone any other direction and that isn't that the fate of mm-hmm. high school absolutely is that you don't really i mean even if you have plans you don't really know where you're going but it's all about just getting there and it does feel like you have to go to war and blow it up behind mm-hmm. you to move yeah, on from yeah. it you know and in a lot of ways that's the metaphor of leaving high school is that you really have to destroy everything that you thought you were and knew to move on to the next phase yep. of your life you know, and that means sacrificing some things near and dear to your heart, the place, you know, some of the people and and having to go through that experience. It's it's amazing. Let's talk about that in fight, Brian. You know, the way it all goes down. Now it's set up on a great funny line. The mayor's doing his speech and Buffy and Willow are like, Is he gonna get on with it? And then Buffy's like, He's gonna yeah. do his speech. How evil. And I thought it was so good to drop a little laugh right in there right before it gets serious, you know? And because this show's so good at doing that. I, I love too the mayor's reaction too when he starts to have the, the pains of, of ascending. He's like, I had this great line in here about civic responsibility too. <laughs> He's all ticked. He's not going to deliver it. But why don't we just skip to yeah. the big finale? This is yeah. a great line. And uh, and then he yeah. And then now now okay. The CGI is cheesy. Oh, sure. We have to admit that. Okay, even for nineteen ninety nine, it's cheesy. But you kind of don't. I mean, if you're in, if you're in it, if you're with the show at that point, you don't care. You know, you're like yeah, whatever. Fake snakes. So what? You know, it it works. And and what's the coolest thing is the whole class of Sunnydale stands up and then it's like now and they drop the robes and they're ready to go crosses crossbows stakes arrows you name it and they just unleash hell on the mayor and all those vampires that are coming up in the the coming yeah. eclipse and I thought it was just it was awesome that whole fight sequence goes down and hey man you know one group gets chomped up over here the mayor gets uh no the principal snyder gets eaten by the mayor and who else gets killed brian our yeah. good friend Larry. Well, did, did he get killed though cuz it doesn't really make it obvious he gets whipped up right well yeah they make the whole neck snapping sound and he's lifeless on the ground yeah and i was like Oh, one of the white hats. You know, I mean, that's what I thought. I was like, oh, why did it have to be Larry? And I and immediately I thought the same thing as I thought in that episode. Why isn't Jonathan? Oh, yeah, well, yeah. You know, so, yeah, it, yeah. But yeah, I, I didn't see him at the fight. I imagine he was there. But but I love the way the whole the whole fight goes down. You know, and it doesn't all go as planned, but it still works. And Buffy whips out the knife. You know, and the whole distraction bit with the mayor, and that's ah, uh, it's just so it's just so cool the way all of it ends. Yeah, I agree. I, I liked how it all was done, and uh, playing on the human weakness was a great tie-in, and then having Buffy basically snake him through the the uh, the school, so he's trapped in there. Even if he noticed, which he does notice the explosives, there's no way for yeah. him to snake himself out of there now, and it assures that he's going to die. And I, I like that whole thing. I thought it was very very well done. Very well done. And even in snake form, he still can talk and he's like, well, gosh, you know, like he's like, uh oh, oh, wow. So what a good play. Like he even realizes what a good yeah. idea you know, that they had. And yeah. then boom, it's over. And the whole place goes yeah. up in flames. 
and a tip, a good end to that high school. You know, get it over with. It's all done now. There's no coming back now. Yeah, Sunnydale High is over, and it's, mm-hmm. uh, it's it was powerful, man. It's really really cool. Brian, we're at the point of the podcast where we give our dustings rating, and so I guess we got to do it separately and then as a whole for this. Your dustings rating for episodes twenty one and twenty two, graduation day part one and two. You got it. Uh, this is a, a, the the best so far season finale that we've had, I think. Last year's season finale was really good, but this one was just, just packed full of all sorts of fun stuff. There's a lot of great characters in season three that are new, and I like tying all of them in to this final episode. Faith, we've got questions on Faith, you know, what's going to happen with her down the road, but for now, she's she's out of the picture. Anya coming back was really fun. The mayor's uh, demise was very interesting, well done. The final battle is awesome, and, you know, it's just a really, really good thing, but the best part about it is it leaves everything open at the end. You know, we have no clue what's going to happen after this other than, hey, people are going to college and Buffy's staying in Sunnydale. That's all we know. So for me, this is a four dustings for a final as well. And and I just really enjoyed this one. I'm with you, Brian. These, these are both four dustings episodes all the way. You know, last year's ending was very emotional and it was an emotional roller coaster and it ended on such a downer you know and it was such a downer well this one is a big action movie and it ends on such a big hoorah you know at the end just like a good action movie will and it's so fun to see everybody in on it like we've said and the way it all resolves and that the end of high school at the end of Sunnydale High is a big fiery explosion is just perfect I love this. Uh, these two episodes. I love the season ender. It's a four dustings all the way for me too. Very, very satisfying end. And I will say, I don't mind sharing now. A twinge of sadness always kind of hits me at the very end of this episode because I realize, much like when you leave high school, that there there is nothing else going to be anything like this again in the future. It's you know, but still really satisfying and a, and a good fun way to end the year. Ron, we've come to the end of our season three of the art of slaying Buffy, the vampire slayer retrospective. Really thank folks for joining along with us here. It's been a really, really fun ride. Okay, and then we want to tell you folks uh, one thing too that's coming up here. As we close season three out, we are going to take a break in our podcast. So we're going to go away for a little while. And the reason we're going to go away for a while is to kind of recharge things and really look at how we're doing this. Buffy's going to change as we move from season three to season four. So we're also going to go ahead and make some changes to how we do this podcast as well. So we're going to, in the, in the planning stages of that. So we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back probably at the beginning of 2012 for, to start our season four retrospective. We're not going away, folks. We're just taking a short break to reevaluate some things and, and kind of see what we can do to make this podcast better as we move into the college years above the vampire slayer. Folks, we got one more episode to go. That's our Season 3 wrap-up that'll be out next week, and you can check that out as well. Until next time, for Brian, I'm Jay. Thanks for tuning in to The Art of Slaying on Continuous Play. Buffy the Vampire Slayer is the copyright of Fox Television Studios, and any discussion of the characters, episodes, or music is strictly for entertainment purposes only. Grr, arg. <laughs>